I love you. Yeehaw! Welcome back to the Couch Potatoes. <laughs> I am the Green Traveler from Southern Gorsh. Southern Gorsh. <laughs> Southern Gorsh. So we got accents have... just like you Earthlings. It and uh, you mean just That's, like our Americans, <laughs> our, our American years. Just like ladies. us Americans. Everywhere's got a South. <laughs> <laughs> but not everybody's <laughs> South sounds like that. <laughs> I didn't say that. I just said we got accents. <laughs> okay. Uh, I am the Faceless Leon. Welcome to Green and Faceless on the Couch. And this is a podcast about movies and TV. Here we are at the Potato Pick. This is our Yay. Patreon suggested episode uh, where the people Indeed. vote on how or what we watch. How and the how is like what category they decide. And they decided we were going to spotlight an actor. I love this actor too. It's a good, yeah. it's a good spotlight. It is. Good old Heath Ledger. May he rest in peace. Indeed. Yeah, Indeed. if uh, if you're interested, if you have ideas for what you want us to watch, all you gotta do is go down to patreon.com slash greenandfaceless and sign up for the $5 tier per month, and that gives you the ability to, you know, ask, or not ask, suggest what we watch, right. and you know, it's a lot of power, a lot of power. Yeah, it is. I mean, how else are we ever gonna watch Things Killing for this show? I mean, exactly. That's the only way to get us to do that. <laughs> and the leprechaun, or uh, the leprechaun? That's I don't know. Right, I it? think I'd be willing to watch those the leprechaun movies. I'd be willing to watch them, but I'd like to. <laughs> I'd like to say that if you want us to watch them, you got to get out there and, and vote. Well, see that that's a playlist. There's like eight of them. There's like eight. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. That's fair. Oh god! But yeah, if if uh, if you don't have the money, we understand. We'll do this show for Neither free do for we. you know however long. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, we'll we'll still do the show for free, and you still have the ability to have a say in what we watch because you have the ability to vote That's upon right. what our patrons have suggested. So again, head down to Patreon.com/slash/GreenandFaceless. And you get a chance pretty much at the end of every single month to, to vote on what we watch. You can also do so at YouTube on our, our yeah, YouTube channel. Yeah, I still got to take that down. I'm going to do that while I'm thinking about it, right? Oh, yeah. Nah. I, for, I keep forgetting about that. <laughs> but, yeah, you can go down to YouTube. You find our page, Green and Faceless on the Couch, or Fiction Works 19, I think it is. Uh, one of those, you go to the community tab, and there's a nice little poll there, and you'll be able to vote there for free as well. You, you know, no no sign up needed or anything. Just you know, do it. Just help us out. We love it. We love hearing <coughs> hearing feedback and everything. So you know, the power that is in your hands, the ball That's is right. in your court. Do you whatever silly analogy <laughs> you prefer? Do you remember how many votes? this won by this this actor spotlight it i believe it won by one vote voting matters get out there and vote it was wow. a very close there was one. one there was one vote on youtube but the youtube poll wasn't very popular but there's one vote on youtube and it was for this so did, exactly maybe that was the one that kicked that it was over the one, yeah huh? 
Oh, yep, because wow. our Patreon our Patreon poll was tied. It was even, yeah. neck and neck. Yeah. So voting matters, people. You get out there and vote. Every every voice matters, and we want to hear your voices. So please do that. Please do. That said, that our little advertisement aside, uh, let's dive into the Heath Ledger spotlight because. That was the choice. That was the that suggestion was, from that Delma. Was the, from Delma Callahan. <laughs> That's right. Love you, Mom. But yeah, I'm excited. I do love Heath Ledger. Uh, I, I think I, I deleted the poll for I, this episode that we are producing right now. Nice. <laughs> it's done. It's it's over with. No it's more over abilities. With <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my first introduction to Heath Ledger was actually one of the films we're talking about today. Our first film, Ten Things I Hate About You. Uh, I remember watching that as a kid and enjoying it pretty much, pretty pretty well. Pretty, pretty much, well. pretty well. Pretty much, pretty well. Pretty well. Um, I as a kid, I really, really did like it. That I watched it uh, as a kid. I definitely had watched parts of it, but I don't think I had watched it all the way through. I think it was very much at the age. I mean, it's 1999 that it came out, but even when it was on yeah. cable, like. I don't know. It's very much of the age that I didn't really care about high school romance dramas, you know? I loved them. <laughs> I, I think <laughs> I was just... that that uh, Me looking for that in my entertainment came a lot later. Yeah. That's fair. I, I'm, a, I'm a romantic at heart, so I, I loved romance films. Uh, I will say that as an adult, 10 Things I Hate About You... Not to give a little preview of what we're going to talk about, but eh, it didn't age too well, I don't think. Not the <laughs> best. It's still fun. Like it's still definitely <laughs> funny, but it it is just so much. It, it just exposes so much of the culture at the time period that we are just so blatantly yeah. aware of nowadays. You know, what yeah. I, mean? I feel like it was trying very hard to 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 not be misogynistic. And yet, at the same yeah. time, was very misogynistic. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean the whole the whole premise is that he's getting paid to take her out, like that in itself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, let's let's go ahead and dive into it. I'll I'll go ahead and talk about ten things I hate about you. Um, not I don't hate about you. I'm sorry. I'm not going to actually say ten things that I hate about you. I really thought there friend. would be a list, and I guess it was that poem at the there end. There was, yeah, yeah exactly. Right. I yeah, there was. I was going to say there's ten things in that poem. You're right. Yeah, yeah. This is a uh, very loosely based off of a a play by Willie Shakes, Billy Shakes. Oh. Um, one I've never actually read. I've never actually read this play. It's The Taming of the Shrew. Yeah. Um, and I've never actually seen it live either, so it's it's you know I have no say in how loosely based off of that it is. And I knew that I should have known that, but now that you said that, it's just so clear. <laughs> just all the beats right, are yeah. There. There's a lot of references and hints and everything. You know? <laughs> but yeah, as as you said, uh, we got young Joseph Gordon-Levitt. I'm not even gonna worry about cam- uh, character names because I'm just gonna get lost him if I even try. You okay. have young Joseph Le- Levitt. Cameron. Who comes into... <laughs> you're just going to confuse me. That's all you're going to do is confuse me. Young Justice Gordon-Levitt, he comes to a new school. 
And he immediately befriends, uh, oh, where's he at? Where's he at? Where's he at? David Crumholtz. That's the, uh, right. The lead yes. elf, head elf in uh, Santa yeah. Claus. The one I always get confused yeah. for Jake Johnson. Uh, I always get him confused for another guy, because um, David Crumholtz, I think, was the one in Numbers. Right? He was the guy <laughs> in Numbers. Know. Yeah. Okay. What about the guy from Rookie of the Year? Is that Jake Johnson? Um, I'm not sure. I've only seen that movie once. Uh, that's Thomas Ian Nicholas. Yeah, that guy too. But I get boy, those, all three. He really does. Views. Yeah, he does. Looking at him, he does look like David Crumholtz. A little bit, just a tiny bit. Not, yeah, not like just a, not a lot, but it's just there. Enough it's definitely for me to there. Think that they were forever <laughs> related. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, David Crumholtz. He's a geek. He's a nerd. He's the, the a math whiz, <laughs> uh, but of, he he takes. He's part of the AV club. Go ahead. And when he comes <laughs> up, when David Gordon Levitt gets introduced to, him, he's like, "Oh, great!" They always send somebody from the AV club. He's like, "Huh, yeah." And then one of his friends is like, "Hey, Mike, what are I gonna do with it? no? Just, I don't know you. <laughs> I don't know you. Get out of here, <laughs> fucking weirdo." Uh-huh. No, they they become friends. It's a little weird. Like it's kind of like you know. I mean, I guess it works. Their chemistry is fine, so yeah. it works fine, but. You know, it, it's just the, a lot of the the character relationships in this movie are just so off. They're not even established at all. They just kind of are mashed together and hope that we o- we're okay with it as an audience. Yeah, but the actors are good enough that the characters kind of make yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, they pull it off pretty well. The problem is Joseph Gordon-Levitt spots a very, very cute girl uh, played by Larissa Olenek, and, uh-huh. and she is she's very adorable, very cute. You know, he's immediately head over heels in love with her, even though he does not know her at all. And he immediately tells his friend David, he's like, hey, David Crumholtz, I'm going to fall in love with that lady and she's going to date me. And David said, okay, there's one problem with that. Her older (laughs) sister, played by Julia uh, Stiles, is a bitch. And the father is incredibly strict. And she's really not. Like, like... She's not, no, but everybody thinks she is. Yeah. yeah everybody really Which does think she is. Which I guess is kind of what the Taming of the Shrews kind of like, too. Is like, well, I mean, they even, they even, he even says opinion. that. Like, David David Crumholtz <laughs> literally says, he's just like, she's a shrew and you'll have to tame her or something along those lines. Yeah. Like, it's very blatantly obvious. It's like, do you know what fucking play we based this off of? <laughs> like, he has a, a literal line. It's ridiculous. But the, uh, uh, Julia Stiles and... Larissa Olenek, their their father in this, played by Larry Miller, he's very strict and he has very stern rules. Specifically, neither of them can date until they're graduated from high school. Right. He retcons that rule when he discovers that Julia Stiles isn't going to date in general. So he has a brilliant idea. Larissa, the younger sister, she can date once her older sister dates. And he's like, I am so smart. They'll, neither of them will ever date for the rest of their lives. And <laughs> I, as a single father, won't have to worry about them getting pregnant. Oh, he's also, he's also uh, 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 some kind of doctor. He, um, he, he literally delivers babies all day. So, yeah, he's... Uh, What's that called? Obstetrician? I, maybe. I don't remember. I don't know. Yeah, he's a, he's a child birther. He's a child birther. <laughs> Sounds wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm going out to birth children, Martha. I'll be back for dinner. <laughs> yeah, he's very worried about his daughters having uh, underage pregnancies. And, like, yes. overly worried. Almost like helicopter parent worried. Oh, yeah. He's kind of insane. It's all about control. Yeah, it really is. It really is. And he makes this ridiculous, stupid rule. And, you know, everything's fine. Except, you know... Joseph Gordon-Levitt's got the hots for this, the younger sister, and he's like, damn it, I'm going to figure out how to date her. And so he's just like, I got it. We will hire somebody to hire somebody. Because <laughs> we don't have any money. <laughs> yeah, because he doesn't have money, exactly. Um, and he discovers that the younger sister has the hots for this one guy. Is it Andrew Keegan? Yeah. Joey Donner? Playing yeah. Joey Donner? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. I just want to make sure I got the right name here. Yeah. He hires Andrew Keegan, who is uh, kind of a jock, you know, dickish senior guy. You know, he's he's the older, like, self-absorbed asshole. And, you know, he hires him. Well, oh, sorry. The younger sister has the hots for that guy, for Andrew yes. Keegan. Yes. Yeah. And he he wants to sleep with her, too. Joey wants to sleep exactly. with, with yeah. Bianca. Yeah. Bianca. Yeah, yeah. Those are the character names. Yeah. Uh, That's what I memorized. I'm sorry. I don't don't remember characters in this. Not at all. Like, I I looked at all these names, and I was just like, I don't remember any of these fucking names. But no, yeah. uh, Andrew Keegan, the senior guy, he wants to sleep with her, like you said. And so he's just like, okay. You know, Joseph Gordon-Levitt approaches him, tells him, hey, if you can hire somebody to date the older sister, Julia Stiles. Mm Mm-hmm. Then you can date that the younger break, sister. That He's, will part the the <laughs> the Larry yeah, Miller the seas, seas, and you oh my god be able to date Bianca. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, and so they hire the services of a punk kind of. You know, he's just like a, a yeah. He doesn't care at all. You know, he's, he's kind a, of in his own little world. In some high schools, they would have called them the skids. And that's not, I don't know if that's, you know, appropriate or not, but. He's a bad boy. He's He's a a bad bad boy. boy. He's a bad boy. And it's a principal whose like name is Miss Perky. Yeah. Played by Allison Janney. Oh yeah. Allison Janney. Oh my God. I forgot she was in this. She's She's so funny. She calls them delinquents, but she does not care about this job. This is just a placeholder (laughs) job. That allows her enough time to write her profane <laughs> smut novel. <laughs> which which is hilarious, too, because, like, you see what she's writing, and it's very clear that what she's writing was written by a man. Because it's, yeah. it's very much, like, yeah. throbbing cock, pulsating sausage. What's, like, it's, it's just, like, a... disgusting words. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Patrick being Heath Ledger's character when he comes into the principal's office, he says something about bratwurst, and when he leaves, she's yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> she, she said you exposed yourself to the yeah. She's yeah. like you exposed yourself to the cafeteria workers, and he's like, no, I did not. It was just a bratwurst. That's what it was. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then once he leaves, she deletes. I think penis or cock or something yeah. like that. And oh, member. It was member, pulsating yeah. member. And to be <laughs> pulsating, pulsating broadest. <laughs> and I'm just like, God damn. That's hilarious. Oh, it's so uh, disgusting. It's hilarious. 
So uh, yeah, they hire yeah. they hire bad boy Heath Ledger to date beyond uh, to date Cat Julia Stiles, the older sister. And yeah, what what ends up happening is as Heath you know as Heath Ledger starts to break into Cat's wall that she's built up mm-hmm. because she is very like you know crazy smart, all about feminine power and feminism and all that good stuff. And, you know, once he starts to break into her wall and, like, you know, start to hang out with her and she starts to like him back a little bit, a relationship starts to form. A really That's good, right. kind of good yeah. relationship. Yeah. Except he's receiving money to date her, so. Yeah, that, that part weird. is problematic. That's for sure. And he knows it, Indeed. too. Like, you know, and definitely at first it just started out as this opportunity. And he almost was like, no, dude, I'm not going to do this. But he's like. All right, I am yeah. dirt poor. I will take your money, and and, yeah. then, and then like and then he likes Cat despite her pushing away all of his advances, and even and he's like, okay, well now I might as well get paid to take her out. Like I'll use all the money. He has to have used all the money that he gets to yeah. take her on these dates because he does some pretty well, I mean, elaborate also, things with them. Yeah, uh, not to not to spoil the the movie, but he does uh, end up spending all of the money at the end on her on a gift for her. Like uh, yeah. And it's a really That's good right. gift, you know, it's what she wanted. Yeah. It's really nice. I love that moment. It is beautiful. But yeah, I, I do like the dates they go on cuz they do, they go on some crazy uh, you know, they skip school, or I guess yeah. they cut out of detention. He cuts out of detention because she flashes the teacher. Yeah, oh, boy, which, that scene. Oh god, <laughs> Mi- yeah, I think that's Mister Chapin, who's uh, played by David Leisure, and he also earlier in the film gets shot in the ass with an arrow by Bianca, <laughs> and she does nothing. <laughs> that's right. She does nothing. <laughs> She's just talking to I don't know, it might be Cameron at that moment. I no, it's yeah, Joey. I think it was Cameron, yeah. I think it was Joey. Oh, okay. That's yeah, why that's she right. didn't give two shits. And everybody else in the class is like, Oh my god, are you okay? <laughs> her best who's her best friend? Who's uh best friend? Chastity played by Gabrielle Union. And uh yes. she's like, you know, she unfortunately takes on the role of uh, token black character, uh, token ba- black friend, yeah. anyways. And she also is yeah. used as a human shield, basically, from the for Quite the affections of Cameron, but <laughs> from Bianca, yeah. like she just places her. Yeah, in because between that's them. that's that's the other side of the story. Is like while you have this beautiful relationship forming between Julia and Heath with all of its drama, right? You have this weird uh, love triangle going with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Andrew Keegan, and Larissa Olenek. Because, you know, again, the younger sister, uh, Bianca, and Andrew Keegan's character, Joey, they do have a thing. You know, yeah. it's not really a rela- It's a high school relationship is right. what it is. He you just, just kind of want to bone. He keeps a scorecard, oh, He wants Joey. to bone. Yeah, Joey keeps a yeah. scorecard for sure. But uh, you have that you have that weird love triangle going between them, and, and that relationship between Joseph Gordon-Levin and Lissa Olenek kind of just takes a back seat after a while because it's not yeah. even it, it no longer be even though even though the movie starts off with Joseph Gordon-Levitt being the focus 
Like yeah. halfway through, it's like, eh, fuck that relationship. We're done with it. We're moving on to this relationship because we figured out like, this is better. A super and like, superficial. Yeah. Uh, adder- There's no reason why Cameron should be into Bianca. But he just saw her. It's very much a, like an yeah. early high school, late middle school crush kind of thing. And then he yeah. just, him being a, I don't know, industrious person just finds a way with his smart friend to make things happen and they of course don't pan yeah. out and that's how these kind of movies go but let's talk about heath more since that's why we're here yeah um, yeah that's fair yeah, yeah. I, I i think it's interesting that this is probably one of the few roles that i've seen heath ledger get to be australian I think it's true. Yeah. yeah, I think almost every other thing that I've seen him in, he's been an American. I believe I've seen him be English before. Uh, obviously, there's not you know a terrible amount of films to go off of before. Yeah, he yeah. unfortunately he's English passed. in The Knight's Tale. Old that's, English. <laughs> that's right. But like, I can't really remember if he was being doing an Australian accent or doing an, an English accent. That's fair. He was supposed yeah, to be from really London. I don't remember too much either. The boys are back in town. <laughs> God damn it. Oh, man. I love that movie. That's the one I saw all the time. That was probably yeah. my introduction to Heath Ledger. It was A Knight's Tale. Yeah. Uh, we'll do that. We'll do that someday. We'll, we'll pair it with Moulin Rouge, I think. I think that'd be... Or one of those kind of films, like with the anachronistic music choices. Like I think oh. it would work pretty well in a, okay. a pitching like that. I, yeah. I think there's. I mean, I got I got yeah. things to say about that. So yeah, there's probably something yeah. else that's like out of period, like oh oh, Great Gatsby. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would go better with Moulin Rouge, I think. But like, you know. Okay. Well, that's the same director, so we could do director. I know. I know. Yeah. That. I just, I, I mean, I want to talk, I would love to talk Night's Tale sometime, but, like, I just got, I got words to say about those kind of directing choices, so I feel like keeping those in the, the same genre idea would work so well, because it's like, I, I got words, and I'm not going to spend them here, because, we, you know, I don't want to take the time out of out of this actor spotlight, but... Okay. <laughs> well, oh boy. anyhow. But no, with, uh, with Heath Ledger, I love him in a good romantic role. Because he does do, you know, romance pretty well. He's a, you know, he's a pretty boy. And uh, I will say here, you know, it, it's it's a good role for him. You know, he still, he does, you know, the bad boy role pretty well. And, you know, mm-hmm. you do get a lot of good emotion from this character. You realize that, you know, while while he scares everybody else around him because he's a bad boy. But he's really not at the same time. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's just like he's just like Julia Stiles' character because it's just like they just put on fronts to keep people away. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's just like they 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 prefer their solitude, their 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 dark broodiness. That you know they they like that air, but underneath it all, they're both fairly intelligent, fun-seeking individuals. Like right, yeah. and, and I enjoy I enjoy watching them both blossom. I think I think Heath Ledger did a really good job in this role. That right. said. I don't think it's like a great, you know, it's not, it, it's he, not he, de- he delivers funny lines pretty well. That's, right. that's one thing. Yeah. It's not, you know, there's some really good, funny moments. It's not the greatest expose of what he's actually capable of. And you know, they, I exactly. think they do that a lot with the male protagonists and romances where they really 
don't have that many levels so that they just seem that they have a bit of a mystique around them. I think that's like the intention behind that, but I would rather have full fledged characters. Now I, I think what Heath does with, with it is pretty good because even though he's like, everybody's pointing at him as like this delinquent, this failure, kind of character you can tell right away that he is not what people say same with cat yeah right like i think cat coming up and having bad reputation being the song that plays when she pulls up really suits her because it's not that she's a bad you know a bad girl or has bad opinions or whatever it's that she really does not care what other people think about her. And yeah. Heath is kind of just the same. So. Right. Yeah. And it works pretty well. I do like with, uh, um, before I go into my closing statement here, I do like with uh, Kat. She has uh, she has this one teacher, Mr. Morgan. Played yeah, by I Darryl do like Mitchell, Mr. Morgan. Who, <laughs> their interactions are fucking great. Because yes. he's. He's like he's another you know black character like token black teacher character kind yeah. of, and you know he'll he'll say something and then Cat will always have an opinion you know Julia Stiles will yes. always raise her hand and he'll be like yes Miss Opinionated like yes. what in the hell you got to say now yeah and then like the one time she agrees with him he's like get the hell out of my office uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah always the argument ends with him sending her to the office like especially when she's right <laughs> I love it man. And yeah, that time, that last time where she's like, no, I am genuinely excited for this assignment. He's like, get the fuck out of here. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. Yeah. And that's that's kind of my feeling on this movie is, is overall, it's fine. The yeah. relationships between the characters, the character development, it's not really there. It's kind of just pasted together and hope that we're okay with it. But the, the comedic elements, the, the funny bits are good like it does make me laugh so like i'll give the film two and a half stars i think it's fine i think keith ledger's performance here is good but it's nothing like you know super exciting super notable um but yeah that's it it's you know it didn't hold up to what i remembered as a kid you know i thought i was gonna come in and laugh a lot and in fact instead i just kind of laughed every like five minutes was like okay there's a lot of misogyny here isn't there 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 definitely is but uh, no more than any other film of this period, and this film is actually trying to, uh, you know, have, like, feminist characters and whatnot. And I think for the most yeah. part, they do a good job of showing that Stu- Julia Stiles does not have to fit into what is expected to- of her as a woman. They do a good job of that. But the rest of the world around her is still very much this mating ritual that we call high school. And that's how we felt about it in our media, (laughs) I swear, for a long time. And I I do think that's changing a little bit. But there's still, like, so much sex in in high school dramas and stuff. And, you know, high schoolers have sex. I'm not saying it doesn't belong in there. But the, the way that... (laughs) <laughs> the way that one sex is objectifying the other that 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 part yeah, it's pretty bad it, it can be pretty bad but i say for a movie of the time it's okay but it is aging quickly 
So get out there fast if you want to enjoy things <laughs> I hate about you. Uh, <laughs> I give it, I give it a full face, but just that. And uh, uh, Heath Ledger was definitely very good in it, and it's obvious why he started picking up steam after this point. Yeah, definitely. And uh, we'll we'll talk about that steam that he's picking up oh, after yeah. our soda pop break. Steamy. Well, let's have a break. There's. I'm going to just fill up my water some more. I love you. Uh, there was at back? least some kind of mutualers. I think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. It, I don't. I think anything that was said before will probably have to be reset because I was just kind of talking oh, yeah. about it. And then you. And, and then I was, we I was like, away from my mic. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, all we were talking about was that uh, this movie gets referred to quite a lot as the gay cowboy movie. Yeah. And uh, I posit that neither of them are actually gay. They're both bisexual. Which I mean which is, is still gay. Fine. <laughs> it is gay, yeah. But it's, it's, a, it's a more apt look at it because I feel like both of them have opinions. Uh, not opinions, but feelings for both men and women. Right. Like, it's just one of them is far more closeted than the other. <laughs> uh, yes, very much, uh, very much so. And we'll get into the who's who and the what's what. But I, I warrant that one of them is just incapable of loving women because of their attraction to men. So I, I, I would say less so. But who knows? We aren't the writers. Uh, I believe this is a completely Ooh. fictional story. Yeah, it's just based off of a short story by yeah. uh, Annie Prolks. That's probably Prolks. way wrong. Uh, but yeah, the screenplay was Never written by it. Larry McCurtney. That's not right. McMurtry. Mc... Get out of here. And Deanna... <laughs> McMurtry. McMurtry, <laughs> I see. Uh, and Diana Asana. Diana Asana. I love that name, Diana Asana. That just rolls off really well. Yeah, so yeah. nice. A lot she also produced it. And, uh, as, as we have uh, constantly talked about, this is another Ang Lee film. This is where he jumped yeah. to from... Uh, I, think there was a, I think there was another movie between Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, and this, but you know that was the next... Uh, you know This was his next big one, I believe. Um, this or Hulk, which we'll talk about soon as well, which is <laughs> very hilarious soon. To me. Yeah, no, I think I think Hulk came before this. I think Hulk was two thousand four. So yeah, I think this was right before it. Yeah, <laughs> God, I love Ang Lee. Like it's it's so uh, weird to look at his whole filmography. <laughs> very talented. Yeah, it's just like you go from. I mean, it it, it honestly you go from. Like the the wuxia oh, film of Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, which is a romance. There's a good romance in it, and then you go to the Hulk, which is like you know silly Marvel sci-fi that we'll talk about soon, and then you go to a neo western. Like, <laughs> what are you doing, man? Your choices are so over the all over the place. But I love it. He does yeah. he does get romance pretty damn well. I will say he does. Yeah, he's got a good eye for that. I I think so. 
Uh, also, like, in this particular movie, the passage of time is really well done. Yeah, and yeah, the, the makeup work, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I feel like as they age, Heath more so than Jake starts to look more like mm. Heath. Like, when they first introduce right. I- Mar. He looks like a baby. <laughs> yeah, he's so young. <laughs> so young. So young. Yeah, Enos and uh, Jack Twist is Jake Gyllenhaal's character. Uh, good good old cowboy names. Enos Delmar right. and Jack Twist. That's right. That's right. So uh, they're looking for work, both of them separately. And uh, that's how they meet Randy Quaid's character, uh, Joe... <laughs> Aguirre, I think it's Aguirre. Uh, Aguirre. 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 Yeah. Aguave. I'm sorry. One of those two. Uh, Randy Quaid <laughs> is uh, famously Dennis Quaid's brother, uh, but also. <laughs> I didn't even recognize him. <laughs> he's he's had a career since the early 70s. And oh, he, yeah. yeah. And, and somehow his brother came into town. And just swept up all the love. And poor Randy Quaid. <laughs> Ooh, boy. Uh, which one Which one is Independence Day guy? That's, I think that's, that's Randy, Randy Quaid. Right? Yeah. Okay, so he's the he's the crazy one, right? Is he the one that's had a is lot there, of is, legal issues? And I don't know. I don't. I can't no. remember. One of them. One of them's a wacked. Like one of them has like some some crazy things they've said. I just can't remember. I don't know enough to I to spout it on the podcast. Someday I'll research it. Oh, research it out there, out there, kids. Uh, when you're when you're listening to this, you know, Google Google the Quades and figure out which one of them's a little yeah. crazier than the other one. We'll figure that out <laughs> after the show. Uh, but anyhow, Randy Quaid. He runs this uh, sheep herding operation, and uh, he wants to illegally uh, have them, um, what do they call it? The charge, no. Sheep herd? No. When when (laughs) they go and walk the... It is hurting. That's what they're doing, but they have a term for it yeah. that they use over yeah. and over again in the entire movie. Yeah, I can't remember it. Uh, anyhow, <clears throat> he wants Jack Twist and Enos Del Mar to go along in in illegal land to do so and herd the sheep across national parks and stuff to get several states away or whatever. Big open territory right. in the in the. Uh, early 60s too so i'm sure it's pretty easy to get away with and see that always that always blew my mind too like when you watch the first act of this like the fact that it's in the early 60s just like i would not have thought that because you know once the second act comes on and when we're a little further in you know it's like closer to the 70s and all that kind of stuff then i'm just like oh this is modern day yeah like I, i completely like you watch the first act you could totally think that it's like not wild west but like you know well uh, they had 50s earlier 1900s they had 50s trucks uh that that were not working very well so you know they've had them for a while but uh also it took quite a bit for a lot of the shit to get out into those 
basically wastelands. No, not, that's not the right term. They're just uncut land. <laughs> it's that, you know, like... I, I mean, they do call it the wasteland, so... They do like, at some point. Well, I mean, no, not they, not them in particular, but, like, that is a name for those areas. Mm, mm, the like, Badlands. Those are... The Badlands. Yeah. That's, that's the, yeah, not wastelands, Badlands. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah. But anyways... That's, that's right. Brokeback Mountain is what they're going across, I guess. Yeah, a fake mountain. Okay, I didn't know. I wasn't going to look it up. I mean, I could probably find it real quick. Yeah, it was in the Canadian Mount... Canadian Rockies. They did it in the Canadian Rockies. It wasn't even in America. What in the heck? No, <laughs> but it's... Uh, uh, Brokeback Mountain is made up of Mount Logheed and Moose Mountain. Hmm. In, in well, the there. good old southern Alberta, Canada. Well, there you go. And they pretend it's in, like, M- Montana or something. And um, I think Wyoming. Wyoming. Same area. Yeah. Same area. It's so much it's land, the same so state. little people. <laughs> <laughs> A lot of sheep, though. A, A lot, lot of sheep. Of sheep. <laughs> oh, man. And 10 Things I Hate About You. They like are trying to interview people willing to date Cat. And one person oh, yeah. was like, is there a sheep? Like, he wanted, like the <laughs> implication was that he wanted to fuck the sheep. And I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> it was weird. <laughs> I was uh, like, what the... Yeah, what the fuck? Uh, uh, man. I'd forgotten about that. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> so, back to this movie. Uh, yeah, j- so right. Jack Twist has, has done this before. And the entire time, he's like, Edgar has no, no right. No right to make us do this. The whole time. Yeah. Uh, and uh, Ennis... God is one night freezing his ass off and jack's like just just come in here in the tent and it had a lot to drink that night too they did have a lot to drink that night but you know to keep warm and jack is decides to start trying to kiss ennis and ennis at first is like no way i'm gonna kill you and then he's like yeah no i want this and he bends he twists <laughs> jack over and yeah they have some fun i will say as much gay sex as there is in this and like you know heath and jake's booty um i think there's more straight sex there is i'm pretty sure there is i'm pretty sure there's more straight sex in it that's again why i posit that they're bisexuals well sure i know you're not uh, i'm not entirely in agreement about ennis so ennis is like very hardcore like hey this is just for this trip that we're doing this okay this doesn't he's very closed off against it yes he is and he's like i have a a woman named alma waiting to marry me delayed by michelle williams very well by michelle williams oh yeah this is one of her best performances i think with their own relationship started maybe i think well between Mm. heath ledger and michelle williams i'm not i'm not entirely sure but i do think that uh i mean they they didn't uh i think they had a kid i don't know if they got married but that is another thing that is interesting about this movie and other movies throughout the years is that i'm fairly certain that neither heath nor jake are queer but i couldn't i couldn't say so and you know heath didn't make it to the 2020s where it's okay to be open about everything so right 
Who knows? No, I'm pretty sure he, neither of them are. But that, that's a weird thing that I think maybe we could do better about. Like, there's plenty of queer actors right. out there. This is, to, to be fair, this was one of the, the gateway LGBT films. You know, it's yeah. like it, it did a lot for LGBT cinema. For 100%. Yeah, I, I do think we are doing better at casting, you know, for for gay roles, gay uh, gay actors. But at the same time, there there are still some blatant, you know, I, yeah. I can't come up with an example right now. But there are there are a lot of times where that's not the case. I, I guess case in point would be, I mean, the Danish girl is a little older still, but it's right. it's kind of recent. Like it's Eddie Redmayne recent, playing nice. the. Yeah. The trans woman. So it's just like Eddie Redmayne playing the trans woman. Yeah, it's just it's just like yeah, that that's still happening. I'm not gonna say it's not, but I do think we are doing better at it. I think I think there there is more of a push to cast uh, queer actors in in queer roles. Right. And do I think that like a straight person should never play a queer person? I don't think that I do. But I do think that no. you're kind of just taking away an opportunity for a queer actor to represent themselves. Exactly. But I also feel like in this case, having straight actors did kind of help it more too, and, and in Angley's direction as well, because both men in the in the you know in this time period, the '60s and the '70s, they both still have to hide themselves, right? Yeah. And they both have to present to the world as straight straight men, and so I I, I think it really worked for for Jake's character because he was able, Jake Gyllenhaal he was able to you know get that across really well, and I think it worked a lot for Heath Ledger because he had so much reserve in his homosexuality, yes, and that reserve came across in his you know his straight persona as well, right? Because it's just like yeah, when you see him out and about when he's trying when he's with his wife um, mm-hmm. Michelle Williams. When I'm he's a, out in the town, he's trying so very hard to be like yeah. a stoic cowboy yeah. kind of face. I, I would say, like, they try to split the point of view between Ennis and Jack. And I think they do a pretty decent job for the most part. But I still feel like right. Ennis is the protagonist of the story. Oh, definitely. Um, 100%. I agree with you. And he... So there, there is a lot more to talk about with Heath's performance. So... Like I said, he comes home, he marries Alma, they start having kids. And part of the argument that I have for Ennis being more on the queer side than than Jack is that mm. when Alma is like, hey, maybe we should use some protection, he's like, what, you don't want to have my kids anymore? And she says, well... You know, we we can't support the ones we have. And he said, well, if you don't want to have any more kids, then I'll just leave you alone. So that's fair. He I feel like is very much not in it to have sex. He's in it to do his duty as a husband. And he resents Alma for for it, though, too. At the same time, yeah. even if that's self self uh, subconscious. Yeah, I'll agree that that, uh, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal's character is more, I think, bisexual than than Enos. At the same time, I do think Enos is still bisexual because I do think he still I likes mean, yeah. relationships with women. I think because he does seek out, especially with that that it, waitress later on down the line. He uh, yeah, they you know, do. He, this is being Linda. Uh, oh gosh, yeah, Linda Cardellini. Lin- Linda like, that was Cardellini. so crazy. Yeah, I had no idea. That I, she I completely was be forgot. This. 
That's a I fun didn't even role know for her she too. was in this. Yeah, because I saw her name pop up and I was like, Velma's in this? What? Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, once she came in, I was just like, Is that Cassie. her? There's no way that's yeah. her. And then I was so, like, Oh my God. Crazy. It goes so far as to introduce his eldest daughter, I believe, played by one Kate Mara. of the. Kate Mara, yeah. Uh, yeah I was going to yeah. say Mara. She's. she's there we go. Yeah, th- this this movie takes place across you know so many years. She's just the the oldest actor to play right. Kate. There's there's yeah, like two other true. actors I think. She plays. Yeah, but I don't, uh, I don't really know who they she are. She plays Alma Junior. That's the character's name a couple of times. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so this relationship though with Cassie does go far enough to introduce her to his daughter, as I said. But shortly after that, yeah. he he got, had another interaction with Jake, with Jack, that is, and, you know, just ghosted her pretty much, to, to use modern terms. Yeah, he turned cold, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah so, and that's, that's part of the beauty, too, is even though they've gone their separate ways, they don't work as cowboys together anymore, they're, they become fishing buddies, so they meet up like every few buddies, months to go fishing. Marks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're fishing, all right, and like, <laughs> but it's it's like I love that I love the 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 depth of this relationship. I love yes. how it grows. I love how we get to see peaks of it, you know, throughout time because they can't be together. Even though Jake Gyllenhaal, Jack wants really hard to live with Enos, to have a ranch with Enos, you know, to to be together. Yeah, Enos keeps spurring him, spurning him because Enos is just like, no, we can't do this. Society doesn't like this, and. Yeah. and Enos is also marred by a, a childhood memory, which I won't spoil, right. but like cup, he has a. I think it's more than one too. Uh, yeah. yeah, like yeah. his his father was obviously very anti homosexual, as were a lot of people in the forties and fifties, right. and even yeah. today. But you know, he, you could very well be killed for being uh, even suspected of being homosexual. So he yeah. he's afraid of it. And, you know, rightfully so. And I think that fear would have kept him in a decent relationship with Alma if he had never had the experience with Jack. But I, and, and he, yeah. and he sees it in that perspective as well. And it makes him sick because, because of the fear. But like, he thinks yeah. it's like a, a righteous sickness at first. But really, it's just him being so depressed that he's afraid to be who he is right yeah and it's i don't know like uh you know i'm you know very open with my identity now but at the same time like i wasn't really questioning my identity so it's like i kind of relate a lot to enos's character because it's like through most of my teenage years and my 20s you know, I had thoughts about who I really am, you know, as as a non-binary, closer to trans feminist, you know, individual. Like, I, I, I have a better understanding of that now after right. like, talking to therapists and like looking into myself and all that kind of stuff. But for most of my young, you know, tr- young adulthood, like, I didn't understand any of these feelings within me. Yeah. And I just kind of pushed them away. I kind of just buried them. I was just like, no, I can't be that kind of a person. That's not who I am. And so, like rewatching this with all this like you know this this own personal growth of mine like i really did relate to enos i do understand where he's coming from a lot because and i and i I, you know i do agree with you that he's more closeted homosexual but i still think there's a little Uh, yeah maybe it is honestly maybe it is totally out of of the opinion that 
everyone has some attraction to the same sex both to sexes. some yeah yeah to some extent to most sexes i like that most sexes and genders because honestly if i were to put a label on me i think i'm lean more pansexual than bisexual because mm-hmm. really i could see myself being with just about anybody in a in a sexual situation but i'm too awkward to get it to that point uh, <laughs> <laughs> Amen. I hear you. <laughs> uh, okay. No, I, I, I really do love this role, though. I think the romance is beautiful. Again, mm-hmm. I love me a good romance, and I think this is a very, very good romance. Like, I think there's so much development, so much back and forth. There's yeah. a lot of pain. There's a lot of beauty. Like, these two characters, like, when they get mad at each other, when they yell at each other, when they're fighting and crying and holding each other, it's just like, it really does get to me each time, you know, because it's like, they show the good and the bad, and and the bad is not your typical bad for a romance film, you know, (laughs) it's, it's, you know, it's, it's very different while being the same, and it's so well directed by Ang Lee, like, he, he just, like, let them be. Like, especially during intimate scenes, they they had to film the first sex scene, I guess, like, more than 10 times. I don't know how many, but it was more than 10 times they had to do shoots for it. And and normally, you know, a director, yeah, a director would get in there and be like, this is exactly what I want from you. You know, do this, do this, do whatever. And apparently Ang Lee was just like, he would give them notes and then he would just walk away from them and let them rehearse. Let them be intimate without the cameras or anything and just let Jake and, and Heath Ledger just explore and rehearse and everything. And then the cameras would roll and he would just give them more notes and be like, all right, how about, you know, try this or this. He, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't push the intimate scenes. He would let the actors yeah. figure yeah, it out for I themselves. Think that's definitely the right way to do that. I feel like it just made the romance just feel more real. Right. Yeah. Especially when you are dealing with two actors that are not queer playing queer like it is it has to start off as an uncomfortable situation no matter how good of an actor you are right and i I feel like they work up to it really well you know it's just like they they have moments where they're both laughing and having a good time Mm -hmm. where they're where they're you know playing with each other throwing things at each other you know just doing what you know guys do out in the woods and when they when they get drunk too you know be right before the big first sex scene you know they get drunk and you can kind of see it building in their yeah. drunkenness as they're as they're letting things go away from them as they're just like right. slipping into this this nice mood you can kind of see them start to be a little more affectionate in their in their attitudes so like it, everything builds so well in this movie right and like I I really do love it like and and all the performances are good and Hathaway's in it as well oh, she ends yeah. up playing She's Jake really Gyllenhaal's good. wife uh, Lorraine Lorraine Newsom is her character yeah. and if this was not like an actor focus I would really love to go into her family because her family's hilarious but we'll leave it at that I also like the uh, the pushback from Jake because you get a lot of uh, Jack's character and the family interactions right, with Anne exactly. Hathaway yeah. Jack is a good man, I think. I I, I mean, yeah. I know, it, like, I think even uh, Lorene thinks so. Even after she is blatantly aware that he is having affairs with men. Like, uh, right. I, I think she still believes that he is a good man and that he wants to provide for their, their uh, son. But anyhow, going back to Enos Del Mar... 
Uh, I just want to say that Heath's performance from that young little baby character, uh, who's hard, because he's had a hard start in life, but still, he just gets harder and and more jaded, and the, the way that it affects his performance, the way that it ages his character more than the makeup could for in a million years, it's right. just it's just brilliant. I I don't know what kind of awards that Heath got from this performance, but it is really good. I think him and Jake, you know, both had very good performances, but Heath's I think just blew everyone else out of the water for me. Just just the way that he played that depression, that's that bit of like that walk that people who are drunk most of the time have, you know? He he yeah. He did. He just did a great job. I could. I could feel the leatheriness of his skin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I re- yeah, for real. Yeah, they were both nominated for uh, act best. You know, best actor, best supporting actor. He got you know best actor. Jake best supporting, but neither of them won. Um, Michelle Williams was also nominated, and I know Ang Lee won for best director. Wow. I don't know what else it won. That so. is a good award for this movie because it is very well directed. For real. But I agree with you. I, I love Heath Ledger's performance. I would say out of these two films, to, to, you know, to go into my closing statements, definitely this one wins. Heath Ledger's performance is incredible in this. Like right. It's so, you know, so tortured, so reserved. And that last line at the end, there, there's a lot of beauty. There's a lot of good symbology, um, I'll say, regarding two shirts that they yeah. wear um and, and there's a lot of good analogy into that in, into those two shirts and it's like it's it's all beautiful man and and his last line just fucking brings on the tears like it's 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 so just it's it's a weird line to end it on you know when, yeah. you, when you find out that that's like the, that's the last line of the movie he says what he says and then the credits start to roll after like a little while later it's just like fuck it really hits hard. It really does, and it's all from Heath Ledger's performance. Like, I mean, Jake Jake's amazing as well. Every, again, yeah. everybody's amazing, but but I really do think Heath really makes this movie so fucking strong. If they had neither one of them, it just it. I don't think it would have worked. And they had a lot of. Uh, uh, let me see yeah, if I can find it real quick. They had a lot of other people in mind. Here we go. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Originally, originally they had Matt Damon and Joaquin Phoenix. That could have been interesting. It, it would have been interesting. I don't think they would have carried I, it as well as both of these. No, I think though, if it was Heath Ledger and Joaquin Phoenix, now that not to shit on Jake Gyllenhaal because he did do an amazing job, but right. I, I also like I just can't believe how much Heath Ledger embodies that Western person. He oh does yeah, it so yeah. well. He really in his accent his accent work is great. Yeah. Like he really did 100%. get this like Yeah. And, and like I don't ever you know, I've watched it a couple of times. I don't ever get, you know, like the breaking the breaking through of the Australian accent. Like yeah. it really he really stuck to it throughout the oh, whole yeah. film. It's it's yeah. really incredible. <clears throat> like that's that's hard to do. And like I know that American accents are, you know, typically a little easier to to pull off but like this particular accent that he's doing this like very not cold american but you know it's it's kind of like blunt yes yeah it's very right very i would almost say that it speaks to his isolation like uh, yeah yeah yeah. very almost 
staccato if we were going to bring a musical uh, term into it. <laughs> That's fair. But I don't know how else to describe it unless I do it. Yeah. And there's definitely people I'm related to who talk like that. <laughs> Just to finish the, uh, the the actors that were possible, there was also, and I hate this one, I hate this one so much, but I guess for the time period, maybe it would work a little better. But nowadays, I just, I hate the idea. Leo DiCaprio and Brad Pitt. Like, yeah, I, I just, yeah, I can't. I can't see either of them in these roles. Like, <laughs> I don't know. They're young, not very young cowboy. Leo, I can see. Yeah. I, I mean, Leo could probably play just about anything, really. But <laughs> Brad Pitt was in that, that, what was it, Tom Ford film? Remember, uh, the assassination of that's true Whatever. he was jesse james yeah. but I that's a long ass title i can't ever remember it yeah, yeah me either. <laughs> the assassination 100%. of tom ford by the coward something somebody or other it, it, it's the assassination of jesse james <laughs> by the coward robert ford. robert ford yeah that's it that's maybe it. god damn rupert so ford silly. i don't know we could look it up, but we're not going to. I give this movie a face and a half because it's a very good movie. Uh, I, I like. I don't know. I, you know, as far as queer media, I have yet to watch something that I felt surpassed it. And you right. know, I ha- there's obviously less queer media than straight media, so that's maybe easier to say. But I liked it. I think. Uh, had, yeah. I think watching this back before I recognized my queer identity, I probably would have liked it less. But now that I have come out and, you know, it, it took a realization for me as well. Like with your gender identity, I was literally in the bathtub like it, it was a bathtub epiphany. I said, I, you know, <laughs> I, no, I'm like, I, I seriously, I was like, all right, I know that I like women. I know this, but how come sometimes I think about guys? It's really weirding me out. And I was like, oh, wait, you're bisexual, you idiot. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And then I jumped out of the tub, got dried, and I popped out, and Ronvald the Scald was there. I was like, hey, guess what, Ronvald? I'm bi. (laughs) 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 And Ronvald was just like, Hi, bye. I'm hello. <laughs> I'm he hello. Away. Yes, that's exactly how he treated it. <laughs> no, he was very supportive. Yes, he is. He's a lovely yeah. person. Yes. I love him. Well, no, I give I give it four stars. I don't think I said that. You did, um, but you could say it again. I will say it there. And uh, yeah, I think I think that's the episode. You know. Yes, please. Uh, thank you yeah. for joining us for the potato pick. It's been fun. <laughs> Uh, we'll see you again next month. Oh, wait. We'll see you next week because we got a playlist episode, a regular Thursday episode, but no potato picks. Oh, uh, yeah. We're out of potato picks yeah, we'll for see a the, while, okay? Yeah. The the potatoes who listen solely to the potato pick, we'll see you next we'll month. We'll see you next month, you weirdos. And hopefully you vote <laughs> for the... Get out yeah, there and vote. If you, if, especially if it's the only one you listen to. I mean, come on. All right, all right. That's the show. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the green traveler from Warsh. And I am the faceless Leon, the stretchiest experiment on Earth. Safe travels. 
And good night. <sighs> Green and Faceless on the Couch is a proud production of FictionWorks 19. Are you a fan of the show? Feel free to contact us at greenandfacelessfans at gmail.com or visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash greenandfaceless. Don't forget to comment, like, and subscribe or rate us on Apple Podcasts. Thank you so much for listening.